we're going to look at Revelation chapter 20 um, for a few moments because I want to uh, let out fair, fairly reasonable time tonight. Uh, we could go on and on and on until it got dark because I understand Harold changed the lights out there, so we got a really bright parking lot now. So that's good. Mike, Mike, grab it, and Harold. And uh, who was on the top of the lift? You were reaching them up there to him, the lights? I know, on your shoulders. But we have new LEDs out there, and so it's going to be really bright out there. Uh, some of you can gamble and stuff out there if you want. <laughs> Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, but I thought it was a blessing. I was reading, uh, I don't remember when, but Vivian Gilbert, a general in the British Army, was reading his Bible in the book of uh, Joshua and Judges, I believe Judges, and he read about a battle Israel had won against the enemy and how they had gone in through a pass that not many people knew about and came up behind the Ottoman Turks and defeated them. He read that battle about Israel in his Bible, and then he said, we're going to do the same thing, and they defeated the Ottoman Turks in the early 1900s. The Bible's an amazing book, even the battle plans. Our military uses our Bible for so many things. So many of our military strategies have come from Scripture. So it was just great this morning to be in God's house. <coughs> we're going to look tonight, rather than the judgment seat of Christ, which is a judgment of ourselves, not our sins, but our works, we're going to look at the great white throne judgment for just a moment, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. So let's stand and read these verses. And uh, it says here, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is a second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God bless us. Help us to understand the importance of the great white throne judgment. Thank God, Lord, we don't have to stand before you because you've paid for, your, for our sin with your son's blood. And we just pray for, for uh, those that are not saved that they realize judgment is going to come one day. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about various judgments. We know that the beam of seed is where we're going to stand. We'll look at that the next Sunday night I preach. But there's lots of other things in Scripture about judgment. And the great white throne is one of those judgments. And this is the judgment of the wicked. The dead people of all ages will be brought before the great white throne judgment. And we're going to be witnesses here. We're going to, we're going to witness this somehow, some way, because God's going to have to wipe tears from our eyes. So we believe we're going to be witnesses. And we see here, it says, And I saw the great white throne and him that sat on it. Now, that's Jesus. How do we know that? Well, John 5, says that God has given all judgment to the Son. You know, we have these people today who say, oh, you can get to God many ways. What did Jesus say? I am the way. And the very person who said, I am the way, the very person who died on the cross is the one who the world's going to stand before and be judged. And they're not going to be able to say to Jesus, well, there's many ways to God, and I chose an alternate way. He's the judge. He's the judge. 
John 5, 22. And so here are the wicked of all ages. They're raised uh, from the face of the earth. Those that are alive, those that are dead, they're all going to be there. Um, and there was, there's no, verse, verse 12, excuse me. And I saw the dead, small and great. These are important people and people who maybe weren't considered important. They're all raised. Nobody's exempt from this. Think of all the world leaders that will stand before Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not a time uh, where we are respecter persons. God has never been a respecter person. He's going to judge the, the small guy, the unimportant guy, and the big important guy. They're all going to be judged the same way. And he says, I saw the dead small and great stand for God. And the books were open. Now, what books would these be? We're going to look at a couple of passages. But there's arguments over uh, the book of life and the Lamb's book of life. Some people believe they're the same book, and others believe they are two different books. Some believe the book of life is a list of everyone who's ever lived. Some believe the Lamb's book of life is different than that. And the Lamb's book of life is everyone who was born the second time. So those that are born once, and then those that are born the second time. And there's different arguments on that. I tend to think there's possibly two books because there's so many scriptures that seem to indicate the book of life is not the Lamb's book of life, but it's not one of those things we break fellowship. You know, I tell you about things that we can just disagree on and, and agree to disagree, but we do know there's books. The Lamb's book of life, the book of life, whether they're one or two, doesn't matter, but there are books and they're going to be open. And those books are going to be used to judge the wicked of all ages. Look at with me, if, if you will, at Daniel chapter 7, verse 10. Daniel chapter 7, verse 10. And this is kind of a shallow, simple message tonight because I just decided about 10 minutes ago what to preach and I uh, didn't get a chance to, to, to get real deep into this. But Daniel chapter 7, verse 10 says, And a fiery steam issued and came forth from before him thousand Thousands ministered in him, and the 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment, judgment was set, and the books were opened. Then look with me, if you will, if you're already there, turn over to Malachi 3.16, very last book in the Bible, right before Matthew, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. Between Malachi and Matthew, there were silent years. God didn't speak. How many years was it? Anybody know? 400. Hey, you're a smart congregation. Uh, 400 years. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, it says here, Then they that feared the Lord sp uh, spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So here's another book, a book of remembrance. And and uh, there's ideas on other books as well, but uh, uh, there are many, many uh, books we know uh, are going to be open. What are they? There's ideas in Scripture that lead some to believe there are books of works, uh, books of sins. I know one thing. My sins were blotted out. They're gone. So whatever book they were in, they're blotted out and gone, thank God. But if I were not a believer, I would fear this day. God knows everything. He sees everything. I would hate to stand before him and give an account for my life. Even as a Christian, I oftentimes go back in my past and say, Lord, I'm so sorry I did that. Oh, Lord, I feel so bad I was such a jerk back then. 
And the great thing is the Lord not only forgives, but he forgets. He chooses to forget. Isn't that awesome? So when I bring it back up to him, it's kind of grievous to him because he doesn't want us to look to the past. He wants us to set our affection on things above. He wants us to forget the things which are behind and press toward the mark, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he doesn't like us bringing all that junk up because it's under the blood. He's chosen to forget it. So why would we bring it up and try and remind him of it when he's chosen to put it out of his mind? I love that about our Lord and that I don't have to answer for all that stuff. You know, just think if you were exposed for everything you ever did. What if tonight God said, all right, I'm going to reveal everything you ever did as a person to the rest of the church. Well, you'd get up and get out of here. You wouldn't stay. I wouldn't stay. I'd be hiding under a pew somewhere. I'd change my name to protect the guilty, not to protect the innocent, because I'm guilty. That, that would be a terrible time. But thank God that he looks at us, and because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he sees us as saints. I mean, think of that. I mean, I look at some of you, and I think you're saints, St. Bernard's, and just kidding, but you look at me and, and think he's no saint, you're no saint, you're saints you ain't, you know. I understand the jokes and all that, but the truth is, in God's eyes, we are saints. James says, you know, Romans talks about Paul, uh, God looking at us. Paul talks about God looking us at us and seeing us as totally justified. But James says, from man's perspective, show me your faith by your works. Because we see one another, don't we? We see each other's faults. I'm sure in all the times I've preached, you have seen faults in my life. You've probably gone home and thought, well, Dan, that was kind of a dumb thing to say in the pulpit or this was bad. Or that. And I know you don't go around judging me like that, but I'm just saying, we, we know that we're broken people, but God overlooks our brokenness. That's just fascinating to me. So here are the books are, are opened. Look at it, it says in verse 12. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. So here's a book of works, a book of life, the Lamb's book of life, the book of remembrance. There's other books referenced in the scriptures. So books are going to be there. And that's a scary thought if you're not a believer. I'm, thank God, I'm a believer. And they're judged according to their works. And then look at verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. I imagine how many people have died out at sea. The Navy buried their dead at sea. We know that. But think of all the years of all the ships, all those survivors, all the people in the Titanic that were lost, they're all going to be raised. And they're all going to stand before the Lord. If they're believers, they don't have to appear at that judgment, but they'll be raised uh, as righteous. But in the sea gap of the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. You mean hell? What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, hell's only a temporary place. Hell is going to be opened up, and the people that are there now suffering will be raised, and then their judgment hadn't even happened yet. They're down there in, in a terrible place in the center of the earth, we believe, we don't know. And they're brought out of hell to stand before the Lord and be judged and then cast into the eternal lake of fire. Think of that. Death and hell. And then he says, this is the second death. Now back up to uh, verses, verse um, five, or verse, let's go to verse four of the same chapter. 
And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto him. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God. Now, who are these? These are tribulation saints. They're, they're, these are, that, those are in view here. And they're uh, beheaded for the witness of Jesus. If, if, they don't, if they don't escape, they're decapitated. If, if you're in the tribulation period and you get saved. Now, I don't believe in second chances for those that have heard the gospel. But let's say Jesus raptures us tonight and we have the seven-year tribulation period. And during the seven years, you know, you've, you've witnessed a lot of Christians and known about the Lord and stuff. And it just, you finally realize, my friends, my Christian friends are all gone. And you come to the conclusion that Jesus is real and you should have repented. And you get on your knees and you beg God. And he still says, whosoever will may come. And you can be saved then. If, if, let me back up. Thessalonians tells us that if you had opportunities in this life and you rejected Christ, you will believe the lie of the Antichrist. So your fate's already sealed if you heard the gospel over and over. But let's say, let's say uh, for sake of simplicity, back up to where we were. Someone who knew Christians but didn't understand the gospel, never really heard a clear presentation. The rapture takes place and they notice that all their so-called Christian friends are gone. And they start searching scriptures. And they say, well, I must have, you know, I must have missed something here. And they read and they trust Jesus. You know what's going to happen to them? When they issue the mark of the beast, if they don't take it, they're going to be decapitated. So most of them are going to run and hide. The Bible says those that endure to the end will be saved. And that is in reference to those in the tribulation period. That's not talking about here and now. You don't get saved by enduring to the end. That's talking about tribulation saints who are running for their lives. If they endure and can hide and so forth, when Jesus comes back, they won't be beheaded. Praise God, they won't have to suffer the decapitation, but they'll sure suffer in the tribulation period. However, all those that are caught are beheaded and they're martyrs then. And they heard back to our text now. Verse 20, uh, verse, uh, we're in verse 3, I believe. Um, Four. Thank you, Mike. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. There it is. The word witness, by the way, is a martyrs. What word do we get from martyrs? Martyr. For the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither received his image, neither had received the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. So here are these people. They fled. They hid. They, 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 they survived till Jesus came back. Boy, that'd be a rough seven years, wouldn't it? or three and a half years. Wow. Look what it says. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So some of them are going to survive that, and the others that are beheaded are, are going to be raised and at, the, and at the first resurrection. Look at verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again to the thousand years were finished. Back up. The last line in verse 4, and reign with Christ a thousand years. These people are, are raised, but the rest of the dead lived not again to the thousand years were finished. Who are the rest of the dead? All the people that died during the tribulation period that were not believers. All those that fought against Jesus in the battle of Armageddon. All those that died of natural causes. All the lost people. They're not raised at this time. Only the first resurrection is only the tribulation saints and the Old Testament saints. The rest, it says, don't live again till the thousand years are over. So when we get down to verses 11 through 15, our text tonight, it's a thousand years has now passed. The thousand year reign is over and the sea has given up the dead and hell has opened up and everyone's judged according to their works. 
and death and hell were cast, verse 14, into the lake of fire. This is the second death. They have to die twice. We don't. We die one time. If I die tomorrow, that's it. I'll never die again. When I'm raised, it won't be to die again. It'll be to live forever and ever when I'm raised. This is the second death. And of course, um, we, we know it says in verse 5, the last part, this is the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in that first resurrection. Who are those people again? Tribulation, saints, Old Testament saints. The second death hath no power, and the rest shall wait, and a thousand years later they'll be reigned, raised. Look at verse 7. When a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of prison for a little season. So there's going to be a thousand great years, no Satan. He's, he's bound for a thousand years. That's a perfect reign without him. Now, pastor, will there still be, still be sin? Absolutely, and there will be sin, but it will be judged. Jesus Christ sitting on the throne. There's going to be sin. There's going to be people saved. And there's going to be people who are lost and don't get saved because at the end of the thousand years, we know the world rallies against him again. When Satan's released, he rallies all the sinners of all the nations of the world. And, he come, and he, they come after Israel and Jesus just wipes them all out. It's a battle of nations. The battle of tribulations already taken place. The battle of the nations takes place. So twice there's big battles coming. And the Lord wins both of these battles. But verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. I mean, you know, we're safe in him. My judgment's already taken place on Calvary. I deserved to be on that cross, but instead it was Jesus. One last place we'll go to, Luke chapter 12 in verse 48, and then we will close and turn, uh, go into a business meeting after we allow folks that don't want to stay to leave. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, just something to reference here about hell and how bad it's going to be. Judgments or degrees or something in hell. 1248, it says, here's, here's a pair of the, the duties of Christ minister. And Peter uh, said to him, Lord, speakest thou parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is faithful and wise steward? And it's talking about faithful and wise stewards. And it gets down to verse 48, and it says, And he that, and he that knew not and did, did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with a few stripes. For unto him whosoever much is given, of him much is required. And to whom then have committed much of him, they shall ask much. And, and this is just referencing punishment for people who don't, do not measure up to what has been given to them. And the reason I brought this out is to point out there's probably some sort of greater punishment in hell. There's probably degrees. Jesus talked about some people having worse sin. But Jesus, while he is on earth, he said, woe unto them of two main cities, Chorazin and Bethsaida, where he grew up. He said, you've seen all my miracles, all my works, and you rejected me. And what did he say? It would have been better for you to have been a homosexual, I'm paraphrasing big time, than to reject me when you understood and heard the gospel. Because he said, woe unto them of Bethsaida and Chorazai. Chorazai, it would have been better for you to have been from where? Sodom and Gomorrah. So the worst sin is not sodomy, not pedophilia, all this terrible stuff. I told people, I know that if somebody had done something to my kids or something, I, I, maybe I'd just kill them. I, I don't know. I hope not. I hope I can control myself. And God would give me probably grace to control myself. But 
that would just really be bad. But to think of them harming my family. But he, Jesus said there's a worse sin. You know what it is? It's unbelief. Hell is real. And if you're not a believer, that's a serious, serious punishment. God bless us as we uh, tonight uh, move into a business meeting, Lord. And if there's anybody here who's not saved, I just pray they'll be saved and trust you as Savior so they don't have to stand before you at that great white throne judgment. Lord bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.